The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everybody. This is Vileen Shah welcoming you on November the 16th, 2023, to attend I Love Braille session. As you all know, friends, our guest speaker today is Warren Cushman. And Warren has been an advocate of community services for over 30 years. That's a good long time. And interestingly, He's going to be the president of the Bayview chapter to which I belong. And when we say Bayview chapter, it means it is the chapter of ACB, American Council of the Blind. So as you all are aware, this event is sponsored by the East Bay Center for the Blind in Berkeley, California, and strongly supported by American Council of the Blind. And therefore, most of the times, if not all the times, that our session is streamed on ACB media and that's heard by many people who are not here. So with that, I think, uh, let's see if there is any announcement, uh, doesn't look like except one thing, that next Thursday, yes, next Thursday there will be no session because it's a uh, Thanksgiving Day in the United States. And I need to say this because it's not Thanksgiving Day anywhere else in the world. So, and since we have international participation, I would like to be clear that Thanksgiving Day is so special in the United States. And we have actually two holidays, Thursdays and Fridays. Most facilities, services are closed. So just remember, we will meet after this on November 30th. All right. So we have Warren Cushman to share his experience, how he learned Braille, how he's using Braille, and how Braille has been of help to him in his job of advocacy. Over to Warren Cushman. Hello, everyone. This is Warren Cushman. I'll try to speak loudly. I am in an office. Uh, I'm working at a, an agency called Community Resources for Independent Living in Hayward, California. And so everybody's just coming into work. So the background. Um, but I just wanted to introduce just wanted to introduce myself, as you can also hear. I'm on a computer, so I get announcements and all kinds of odd things happening. But um, at any rate, uh, I wanted to start by just saying I've been a member of the American Council of the Blind for probably, oh, it has to be 30 years or so. I've been involved with ACB a very long time. And um, I wanted to start by just saying that I have been a Braille user since I was a little child. I learned Braille. I've been born blind. Uh, I was born blind. And so I learned Braille as a young child uh, by a visually, um, a, uh, a, a visually impaired uh, teacher of the visually impaired. Um, I, was lear I learned Braille when I was like five or six years old by teachers of the visually impaired. So I've, I've known Braille all my life. Now, Valine, do you want to just ask me questions or do you want me to just start going into my... No, no, just start going on around uh, 15, 20 minutes and tell okay. everything you have to share and then people will ask you questions. Okay, so um, starting when I was a kid, um, I, um, you know, I, I learned Braille very young and, um, you know, in kindergarten uh, and uh, since then... Uh, Slowly, as I grew older, I learned more complicated Braille. Um, when I was in about third grade, I started learning grade two Braille. And then uh, about a, maybe in fourth grade, I started learning Nemeth Braille. So, um, you know, Braille was, was sort of, uh, I guess, taught to me the same way that the 
sighted kids were taught print. It was done in the same fashion. So I really didn't know any different. Um, all throughout my, my schooling, I used Braille for everything from math problems to reading books, uh, you know, reading books, writing assignments, all of that. I did the normal high school thing where I, um, you know, learned Braille uh, and, and used, used Braille in all my, in my uh, um, educational growth through high school. Um, and then when I went to college, I continued to use Braille. Um, in college, I had, as some of you may remember, a Braille and speak. <laughs> I had a Braille and speak in the 1990s, in the early 1990s. Um, and I, it was my first note taker. Uh, I, um, I remember learning the Braille and speak, and it was, was bought for me from my family. My family bought me a Braille and speak, and so I learned that in the early 90s. Um, and I loved it. It helped me take notes. Uh, it helped me take notes in college. And I used Braille all the way through. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I, learned, I, I used Braille all the way through college. Um, and um, I'll, I'll pause here to say that in the, in the 1990s, um, probably in 1991 or so, I started getting interested in the American Council of the Blind uh, and, and the blindness movement. Um, my first convention uh, of ACB was in 1992 in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and I loved going to the first ACB convention I ever went to. Uh, and I believe Leroy Saunders was president then. And um, I remember getting my Braille program and being able to you know, learn about the ACD through Braille. Um, all my Braille materials and all of that was wonderful. Um, and uh, so I, I continued to, to go to college through uh, about 1998 or so um, using Braille. Uh, and then I um, moved to Sacramento, California. Right now I live in San Lorenzo, California, which is south of Oakland, California. Um, and, um, but, bef but I lived in Sacramento, California, which is north of, of the Bay Area, where, where I currently live, uh, for um, about 15 years. And while I did that, is where, that's when I lived in Sacramento, I, I pretty much, that's where I really, I guess, cut my teeth in advocacy. That's where I really learned about advocacy and legislation and all of the complications around uh, how to pass a bill and, and all that stuff. Um, I, I didn't use Braille as much as I would have liked in those days. There were times when I was president of chapters and uh, other kinds of uh, organizations where I used Braille, but I could have used Braille more during those times. Um, when I came back down here to the Bay Area in 2010, I still continue to use Braille somewhat, but there was a hiatus, uh, and um, I really didn't fully, uh, I guess, integrate and, and really um, t attach to Braille fully until I got my job. Now, I want to I stop by saying, or I want to pause by saying that since I was 19 years old, I was 18, 19 years old. I have not had a job. As a blind person, I did not have a job. I was unemployed until I'm until this year when I was 50, 53 years old. I actually did get a job. And so all that time that I did not have a job, uh, I used Braille, but I, I really didn't have the experience of using Braille in a work setting. Now that I have the job, which I will talk about in a second, um, I find that using Braille is vital. It's absolutely vital to my success as an employed blind person. Um, I want to just talk about the job I have. I am the systems change advocate community organizer. And what that basically means is two jobs in one. There's a community organizer component, which means I go out into the community and try and uh, uh, talk about the independent living center that I work in. I work in an independent living center. 
And I, my job is to go out into the community and talk about my independent living center and bring consumers into the independent living center for the cause of advocacy. The other part of my job, which I do most of now, is I advocate for issues like legislation, transportation, housing, and, and a number of other issues, voting, uh, voting rights. So I do a lot of advocacy for, for a lot of different issues. And I spend most of my time doing that now. Um, although I've been tasked with, with moving more, more into the community organizing uh, aspect of my job where I do some connecting with the community and bringing community people with disabilities into the center to essentially mentor them and spur them on to, uh, to become advocates and, act, and activists in the community and, and participate in the community. So um, again, my, my uh, uh, place of employment is Community Resources for Independent Living in Hayward, California. And um, at this point, I think I will pause and ask Liam if, I don't know, I don't have a watch, so I don't know how much more time I have. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, probably, Warren, you would like to say a little more about how you use Braille in your work setting. Okay, I can do that. So yeah. what I've discovered is that um, I do a lot of uh, note-taking uh, and composing ideas uh, for my projects in my work setting. And what I have found is that I think better with Braille. And what I mean by that is I, when I'm actually organizing my ideas, when I'm organizing my uh, thoughts and planning for a project or uh, interacting with my staff around uh, uh, a, a project or a policy that I have to deal with, I, I like to sit down in front of a brailler, put my ideas out on the braille, out on, out on braille, and actually think through these ideas that I have, read them, and then start over. So it's sort of like the idea of using the computer, except for whatever reason, I think better with Braille. So I, I, I tend to, um, now of course, if it's a major project, I use the computer. But if it's something, you know, where I'm just trying to freeform, uh, think through something that I want to accomplish, I use Braille a lot. I also use Braille for agendas. Uh, I use uh, Braille for writing agendas, for uh, staff meetings. When I go to staff meetings and I need to convey ideas at a staff meeting, uh, and I use Braille for tasks like you know if I'm uh, if I'm about to present to uh, a uh, a committee and I want to outline a, a presentation. So I use Braille a lot more than I, I, I used to I used to when I didn't and I wasn't employed. Oh great. Okay, that's particularly what we wanted to hear, you know, how uh, you you are using Braille and uh, uh, would you also like to say how you coordinate uh, your you know Braille writing and uh, on you know using computer. So that's a good question because what I tend to do is start with Braille and start with the ideas that I'm composing, put the Braille, you know, go through the process of writing a Braille uh, cheat sheet or a, a Braille list or whatever I'm typing. And then I will take that Braille and I will um, transpo transpose it onto the computer. So I'll have the Braille in front of me. I'll go through my Braille. I'll, I'll, I'll rethink my ideas, use a Word doc or an email or whatever I'm doing, and just reorganize my thoughts and my ideas on the computer with, you know, I might, you know, with Braille, sometimes you're kind of like, you kind of have your own style. You know, you're like, oh, you know, I don't know if I care as much about the commas or whatever. But, you know, it, obviously when, you, when you're presenting ideas to a, to a, a boss, you want to make sure you have all your commas and periods. So, you know, the computer is good for that, making sure that everything is spelled correctly, you know, uh, and, and if it's a large project, of course, you know, uh, Braille's, you know, you don't, I, and I'm not going to 
have 15 or 20 sheets of braille while I'm trying to, you know, compose it. So, you know, it's sometimes it's notes and then, and then, and and then expanding those notes on the computer. Perfect. Perfect. Great. All right. So let's hear from the audience. Uh, Friends, raise your hands. If you have any question, comments, observation, or anything that you would like to add. And we'll go by the order in which we see the hands raised. Okay, okay. so first up, we have Beth. Yes. Okay, Beth hi. Um, hi Beth. I it with, your speech so far was really good. Um, I had to be in my kitchen for a while. I forget. I don't know if you said, did you use a slate and stylus? Did you ever learn that? You know, I did not. Uh, it's one of those things that I tried to learn as a, as a young person. And I didn't get, I, I just didn't come to me as well as other things may have. So I never actually did use a slate. I admire those. And, and we have in our chapter, we have people who take notes on the slate and styles and they just rush right through. They just, they just speed yeah. right through their, their, their slates. And I admire that. I do think though that slates and slate and styles is still matter today. And people, you know, people don't, a lot of, Folks don't know about slate and styluses, but you know, I was just explaining it to a colleague of mine uh, today. The slate and styles, and it is a, it is a, it is something that it, it's still, it's still relevant today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thanks. Thank you, Beth. All right, okay. our friend Abraham, who is next? Next up is Terry, and then we'll Terry have Lynn deck. Okay, thank you. Um, thank you for your presentation, Warren. And I was curious, um, do you use any Braille displays or uh, do you use an e-reader? I don't know if California has an e-reader yet, but um, do you, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's the one yeah. we have too in Maryland. So do you utilize any of that? Have you tried using it or do you use any other Braille display with your computer? So- or? As far as a note taker is concerned, uh, a braille note taker, we have one note taker in the office. I should just say that in our in our office uh, at Community Resource for Independent Living, we actually have a blind services department here, which is uh, not that common to have a blind services department in an independent living center. Exactly. I used it's, to work for an independent living center, and they, we did not have that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty rare. So. We do have, we have three blind individuals working for our center right now. And one of them is specifically dedicated to, to serving blind people. Okay. But as far as the Braille display, we share it. Mm-hmm. And you, you, and you do use it yes. sometimes. It just, it, we have one, so it goes back and forth between our desks. <laughs> right. And have you tried using it, your e-reader um, with, with your computer or with your iPhone? I have not. I actually do not have an iPhone. I actually okay. have a blind shell. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, there I you go. My, I love buttons. Yes. And so okay. I'm, I'm a, I'm a Mr. Blindshell dude. <laughs> cool. And uh, how do you okay. like your e-reader? I, I do. I like it. Okay, um, good. I, and I, you know, I enjoy it. I just, uh, we have a brilliant here. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I have. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you for your, uh, your presentation and thank you for answering my questions. Of course. Great. Okay, Thank next you. up we have Kelly. Linda, and Linda. she will be followed by Maria. Thank you, Warren. I, this has been very interesting, especially when you said that there was a time period where you really didn't use Braille. And I'm thinking, then what did you do well, if you weren't um, using Braille? So most of my advocacy work was for free, of course. I wasn't paid for a, the bulk of my life. And most of my advocacy work was done on computers. Um, and um, Victor Reader, of course, I, I took notes by Victor Reader uh, and, um, and used a, a laptop computer. Um, and uh, very rarely would I, uh, the only time I was exposed to Braille in a, in a major way was when I would go to conventions or when I would go to meetings of the blind. Uh, we would occasionally use Braille for things like labeling um or you know small tasks but in a major way no we didn't use braille it was mostly computer did you find that your braille started to fade that you would forget stuff or how did you keep it fresh in your mind 
that's a really good question because yeah. it, it never actually completely faded, which which surprised me and pleased me. It never yeah. actually faded. I it, it stayed in my mind. It you know it, it didn't really leave me, which which I was afraid it might have. But I was one of those that actually retained it, and I was able to pick right up from where I left off. How easy was the transition to UEB for you? Not as easy as I was. <laughs> I, I, you know, so. I'm not, I, I didn't learn UEB, so UEB is a bit of a struggle for me. Hmm. That's interesting. May I ask one more question, Belene? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. I live in a state that does not have a chapter of the ACB. Uh-huh. If I wanted mm -hmm. to join the ACB, how would I go about doing that? Well, there are plenty of folks on this call that can answer that, but of course you can be an at-large member of ACB. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and, and that's, there's a process so that you can, you can join ACB as an at-large member. Um, I'm sure that uh, there are people on this call that can get more specific about who to contact for that. Yeah, probably right. Chanel can tell us more. Right. Chanel, are you allowed to say? Uh oh, it looks Chanel is, uh, okay. Okay, Thank no, you, go Laura. ahead. Sorry, I unmuted, oh, pressed um. the wrong button. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> what you Here's need to do is that probably the easiest thing would be to contact a community at acb.org. The Org, ladies who take yeah. care of community will also help you with any membership yeah. questions and they can get you in contact with the appropriate people in your state if you'd like to join your state chapter or they can help you join as an at-large member. Yeah, the problem is that the state has no chapter. I'm aware of that. Mm. So, okay, so it's that to go something... through community at acb.org. Thank you. Yeah. I will do that. Thank you very yeah, thank much. Thank you, Chanel. But, uh, you know, I, I was kind of, uh, I'm a little stunned that the entire state does not have any ACB chapter. We're a very uh, small state, Villeen. I know. I know that. This is, bigger uh, than so, Rhode Island, but, you but, know, that's about yeah, it. <laughs> bigger than Rhode Island. Okay. But that doesn't mean you, you can have a chapter even if you are just one town or one, one village. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't well, have to be you. a state. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Like in California, okay. we have several chapters, of course. I do not know uh, how many, but a number of them. Okay. Yeah. Thank so you. maybe uh, get in touch with community and uh, Cindy Hollis is very quick in responding and you will hear from her or anybody else. All right. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank okay. you. So next up, we have Maria. Followed by Marsha. Hello, hello. Maria Castanova, hello. hello. Hello, this Hi. is Maria. Maria, are you here first time? Hello? Hello. Hello. Can, can you, you hear, hear us? Me? Can you hear yes. me? Yes, we can. Yes. Yes, we this can. Is, this is Maria from Russia, and um, I have several questions. Okay, um, before before doing that, Maria, I'm the facilitator, Vilin Shah. Are you joining us first time? Yes, it's my first okay. time in I Love Braille. Um, okay. My questions. Very good. Welcome, welcome. Well, thank uh, you very much. And my where are question... you located? Uh, I'm in Russia, in the north of Russia. North and... of Russia? Yes, so, yes. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. Mm. Uh, however, what country? Unfor Is uh, still Russia? Uh, yes, in Russia, yes. Yeah. I'm okay. a not very good uh, Braille user, uh, mm -hmm. but I have some questions um, for our guest. Yes. Um, a long, long ago, I was uh, partially sighted, and when my mom told me, "Oh, you should learn Braille, you should learn Braille," but my sight uh, gave me a possibility to see large print letters. I could. Uh, even paint some pictures and I don't understood why should I learn Braille? I can see, I can watch TV, why should I learn Braille? And when my uh, sight becomes not very good, uh, I understand that Braille was necessary for me. 
Uh, how do you prove uh, partially sighted people that they need to learn Braille? That is a very good question. Um, you know, I think our organization as a whole is grappling with that question because it's it comes down to an individual choice by the by the uh, partially sighted individual. I personally believe that Braille is necessary uh, sooner rather than later in a person's journey uh, around vision loss. Um, and I, if if I were working with or speaking to a person with vision loss. Um, I would I would urge them to think about Braille sooner rather than later. In my view, Braille is something that uh, is quite useful in many ways, uh, and it can be something as simple as Brailing a microwave or uh, being in a in a hotel room and trying to find your hotel room and using Braille num uh, Braille uh, uh, to identify the room you're looking for. So that there are all kinds of uses for Braille, and uh, I think that. Um, you know, it, it is an individual choice, uh, and um, it, it comes down to uh, who the the person with vision loss is interacting with, and both the the person with vision loss's uh, orientation as well as the person that they're talking with, and and those individual conversations. So I think that um, we in the American Council of the Blind really uh, it's it's a major. Uh, it's a major topic that we should be thinking about and talking to each other about. And I think that um, it's important overall for, I think, for us to encourage our, our peers to learn Braille as soon as possible. And how um, do you develop your speed of reading Braille? Because my uh, reading, uh, Braille reading speed is very, very slow. So... That is something that um, is done by practice. Uh, it also depends on a person's skill level and their aptitude. Uh, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Um, the teacher and how the, how the person interacts with the, the teacher that they're working with or if they're on their own, uh, how, how practice becomes uh, a factor. And so, uh, you know, it's – and also uh, – one thing to point out is that even those of us who have known Braille all our lives have differing uh, speeds of, of, of reading and of reading Braille. There are people who read Braille very fast and people like me who are not as fast as, as others. And so, um, you know, th that the whole question of how fast a person learn, reads Braille is something that uh, I think depends on a lot of factors. Yes, and let me add something more here, Maria. Okay, yeah. my name my name is Belin. That is spelled V as in Victor, I L E E N, and last name is Shah, S H A H. Okay, uh, most people who have some sight are in the state of denial, which means they feel that no, I can see. Why should I learn Braille? Braille is for the blind people, not for me. You know. But if your sight is going down, it's called deteriorating. I'm trying to make uh, simple so that you can understand me, okay? So if your sight is getting worse and worse, going down, then Braille is your good option because Braille is independence. It gives you a much greater amount of independence in doing your own things. Suppose somebody, you know, suppose you, uh, you happen to talk to somebody and somebody gives his or her phone number. And if you cannot read in print and you think that you will remember, and yes, you can. But down the road, after some time, you may forget. So there, if you would write it down in Braille, you can refer to that anytime that, oh, this is Mr. So-and-so, Miss So-and-so, and this is his, her number. And so that's just one thing. There are several things where Braille can be useful. As uh, our guest speaker mentioned, Warren, uh, Warren said that, you know, microwave. You know, microwave, uh, 
I mean, they are actually meant for sighted people to operate, but we can have our braille labels and then we can use our own. And by the way, I'm totally blind and I operate my microwave. I warm my food and I do everything. I'm not the only one, of course. There are thousands and thousands of other blind and visually impaired people who do that. So that's where Braille comes handy. Braille comes to your help. And uh, another question you asked about speed. Uh, initially, you are always slow. Everybody is slow in reading Braille, particularly when you are reading print materials and now you are transitioning from print to Braille. It is in the beginning slow. It doesn't come that quick as much as you can read print the speed, you know. However, uh, our guest speaker Warren mentioned, you know, about doing, you know, practicing. So I keep telling lots of people that if you want to improve your Braille reading skills, uh, you may want to do three things. Number one, practice. Number two, practice. Number three, practice. Got it? Did you understand? Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you yeah. do these three things, you will definitely improve your speed. Also, if your index finger, index is the first finger near their thumb. If your index finger is not able to read well, you can try other fingers and see which finger reads better. And try that and read with that finger, then you will be able to read Braille with speed. There are people who are able to read Braille with some 300 and 400 words per minute. So that's pretty, pretty good speed, you know. So if others can do, Maria can do. It's just a matter of determination. You know the word determination? Yeah. Yes, yeah. good. Good. Okay. All right. And uh, now my question to you before you have more questions, which is fine. How did you hear about I Love Braille? I hear from I Love Braille from the ACB community mailing list and from okay. the Headley School for the Blind. Uh-huh. Yes. Oh, uh, who, who told you at Headley School for the Blind about I Love Braille? Um. I heard in some discussion group discussion groups, uh, Headley uh -huh. discussion groups, uh, embracing uh -huh. Braille. It's called, I think. Uh, and uh, my Headley School for the Blind, um, uh, my English teacher, uh, whose daughter also blind as me, she found the Headley School for the Blind and told me about this school. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So well, actually. Uh, we are doing uh, something similar. Embracing Braille is only once every month, but I Love Braille is once every week. So we meet every Thursday yes. at uh, 9 a.m. or California time, which is Pacific time in the United States. So I'm not sure what time it is in Russia. What time is uh, it? It's uh, um, 8 o'clock p.m. in Russia. 8 o'clock a.m. morning. P.m. P.m. It's evening. P.m. P.m. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. And for your interest, you may like to hear this, that I am now talking to you from India. And oh. in India, it is like 11 p.m. Oh, my. So, okay. However, I live in the United States, but although I'm originally from India, I settled in America. And uh, for some time I'm visiting India and working from home. But I'll be back to my home in Hayward where our guest speaker Warren is working. That's the town I live in. Anyway, I didn't want to make it too personal, but I thought many other people would also like to know, you know, about this. So anyway, okay. Any more question, Maria? Yes, uh some questions to you, Valin. Uh I heard about I learn Braille calls. What mm -hmm. you do in this course, I Learn Braille on Fridays. I Learn Braille is for beginner Braille learners. So we talk about uh, the issues that beginner learners face, like uh, reading speed, 
like identifying braille letters uh, using different fingers and things like that, you know. So it's particularly, I mean, let's see, how much braille do you know? Um, I learned braille for 20 years. I'm not beginner, but can I visit your course? Okay. And uh, um, uh, did you learn uh, contracted braille in English? No, no, I don't uh, know. I know no, on no. the Russian okay. braille system. Yeah. Or... Okay. Well, if you would like, you can certainly join I Learn Braille. You're most welcome. And uh, uh, we, uh, you see, I, uh, I now work for the East Bay Center for the Blind, which is in California. Uh, and I don't work for Hadley School for the Blind anymore. Uh, so anyway, uh, we also offer Braille courses uh, for beginner learners. But unfortunately, we are a small organization and we are not able to go out of this country. So we cannot enroll you for our Braille course 101. We call Braille 101. But I can certainly enroll you in our weekly uh, webinar, which is I Learn Braille. Okay. So you may Thank want you. to send me one email. Are you able to send email? Yes. Yes. Okay. I subscribe to I Love Braille list with the Zoom links. Oh, and, great. Uh, Yes, oh, I good. received an, an announcement to the Island Braille course. Okay, that is interesting. Very good. So you send me one email that is Shah and mm -hmm. spelled S-H-A-H -H, at East Bay Center for the Blind dot O-R-G. Okay, so okay. Shah, S-H-A-H, -H, then at East Bay Center for the blind dot org did you understand that yes yes okay great all right any more question thank you very much you're welcome spasiba all right friends thank i you. said thank you in russian did i say yes. it okay yes it's, it's okay wonderful. all right so, all right, we thank to, you thank you we move to next participant Next Who's person okay. is Masha, and she'll be followed by Rick. Okay. My question is for Warren, and you yes. said like from 19 to 53, you did not have a job. So I was wondering what happened all those years, and were you trying to find a job? It sounds like you were doing advocacy, but at it, 53, you found this job. Did they find you, or had you been looking all those years <laughs> And how did you get that job? Okay, so that's a good question. Um, as a college student, I wanted to be in the political realm. And so I, I, um, I learned uh, uh, about the political realm in college. I tried to get a job uh, and in my late 20s uh, as a um, legislative uh, aide in, in my late 20s. That did not work. Um, I was not hired. I, I applied for a couple of different positions and was not hired. Um, I continued to look for work in Sacramento and did not find um, what I was looking for. There was a volunteer position that I did um, hold for a little while that was unpaid. I was the chair of a political campaign in Sacramento, but that was a volunteer position. So I, I, while I was in Sacramento, I built up a lot of volunteer experiences. Honestly, there are a lot of people in my position uh, it, through, throughout uh, at least uh, America. I don't know what it's like in other countries, but throughout America, there are a lot of volunteer advocates who put in a lot of time into advocacy and don't. Um, get rewarded with a job. Um, I had the same experience when I moved to uh, the, Bay, the Bay Area and, and moved into this area where I was looking for work, didn't, didn't find a job. Um, fast forward to this year, um, I was redetermined to try and find a job. And um, I heard that, a that this position, the position of uh, advocate 
uh, for this agency had opened up. And my confidence wasn't very high because I had never really had a job before. But my support network said, why not try it? You know, you don't have anything to lose. Why don't you enroll in the Department of Rehabilitation uh, and, and get support from the Department of Rehabilitation and give it a shot? And so I just thought, well, what can you lose by trying? And so I, I went through the Department of Rehabilitation and enrolled in the, in, in the California Department of Rehabilitation, filled out a resume, sent the resume in. And um, my executive director interviewed me and said, you know, uh, you're a good fit for the position. Now, it did help that I uh, had a previous relationship with the agency as a volunteer uh, and that I had um, that he, he was familiar with my volunteer advocacy work. And so, um, you know, one, one thing I would say is if whatever kind of a job you as a blind person you're interested in, um, volunteer work eventually can count. Uh, and, you know, you, those relationships that a person creates can matter. And in my case, it did matter. Okay, great. And uh, I, this was a really great question because uh, getting a job is not easy for people with uh, vision disability, whether blind or visually impaired, sighted, you know, partially sighted. So it, it's a big challenge. To deal with blindness is a big challenge. Of course, many people say that no, blindness is not a disability. So I would not go into that uh, controversy because they say it is just inconvenience and not a disability. Uh, whatever inconvenience it is, it does put us in a different fold. And when we go to find a job and we interview people, uh, there are several challenges that we have to go through. So great that you found a job and you are enjoying, Warren, uh, to be an advocate, which is wonderful. Okay. All right. Thank you, Marsha. Who is next? So our last hand at the moment is Rick. All right, Rick. Hey there. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't really have any question for, the, for our presenter, but I just wanted to make sure that to... Uh, underscore our group welcome to Maria. It's incredible. She got yeah, got yes. through and her English is good and uh, she's mostly very determined. And as you said, Valine, we're all, you know, it, her experience is like most of us. You, know, you start out slow, slow, slow. I did too. And uh, if you keep at it, you know, eventually you get rewarded for it. Um, what I did wonder is Braille re re represented differently in the Cyrillic alphabet. Did she have to learn a whole new alphabet for English? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Uh, I think uh, Russian alphabet is not much different from English, but it does have a few more uh, letters in the alphabet. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So do you have any question for Warren? No, I don't. You don't. Good luck to him, and thanks. You, okay. is, is that Rick Morin, by the way, or a different Rick? I'm uh, sorry, what's that? Rick. Different Rick. Okay. Um. So Beth has Andres again. Okay. All right. Very good. Beth, go ahead. Um, Maybe we okay. lost so, uh, hand oh, still there. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I forgot ah, my with audio. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have anything to do with the skill center in um, San Pablo? Like, do you help them out in any way? Like, if they need help with, like, teaching Braille or anything like that? So I did go to the skill center when I was very young. I was 19 years old. And I did. Okay. I did go to the skill center. I also went to orientation center for the blind in Albany when I was a few years older. Uh, so I went to both centers in the East Bay. I have not contacted the skill center in some time. It's been a while since I've contacted the skill center uh, as well as OCB. It's been a while since I've connected with both those centers, but thank you for reminding me to do that. I'll be glad to reach out to them and see what both centers are doing these days. 
Yeah, yeah, because I know when I went in 95, they were not doing anything with with Braille. Now they have those classes, Mm -hmm. which I'm happy about, but it's too bad they didn't have it when I was there. But at that, you know, you'd like with uh, UEB, they didn't have it at that time. So, but yeah, I'm getting it here, which I'm happy about. Yeah, I will reach out to both those those agencies in the East Bay and see what's going on with them. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. We have another raised hand. Uh, Chanel. Hello, Warren. You mentioned about in college using Braille. And um, I went to college like, well, it was a few years later than you did in, let's say, early 2000s. And you know, I was very fortunate to go to a college where they actually did have a Braille list, but um, another college I went to later on, they didn't. So what was your experience like actually getting materials in Braille? Actually, um, it, it, uh, the only time I was able to get uh, materials in Braille in my college, and I went to three colleges, one of them had no Braille at all. Two of them had no Braille at all. Well, no, wait, one of them had no Braille at all. Uh, the second one had uh, some Braille books and some Braille materials. The one that had the most Braille was in San Francisco State. Um, they had a program uh, where where teachers of the visually impaired uh, were taught how to how to um, how to teach blind folks, uh, and I was able to use Braille there because the Braille instructor let me use Braille for <laughs> even though they were teaching uh, sighted folks how to how to teach blind folks that they she let me use her braille uh, braille materials so i could use braille with her with my studies oh great so in other words every college is different and every individual's experience with college is also oftentimes different uh, um I, i'll tell you something interesting chanel uh i at some point i was enrolled in a uh, in a in a special program called Programmable in Chicago, and they taught uh, how, what is that called? It's software, you know, like uh, computer languages and all. So they were training blind people uh, in doing uh, the computer software so that you can find a job as a software developer. So when I joined, I just called them and I asked that. Uh, I mean, are you providing materials in Braille? And guess what? The person on the other line knew nothing, nothing about Braille, had no clue what Braille is. Forget about providing materials in Braille. She did not even know the word Braille. Oh, dear. Sometimes you encounter things like that. You You do. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, you know, yep. you know. We all we all have gone through that kind of thing anyway. Okay, let's see if Abraham finds any other hand raised. Um, that was our last hand for now, and we're 13 minutes to the hour. 13 minutes, okay. We have some new faces here. Uh one um, of them I see. We do Beth's yeah. hand uh, is okay. raising. I, d- right. I just want to make a comment. My um, one caregiver had a husband, has a, well, has a husband that didn't know the word Braille or didn't know what the heck Braille was. So I just wrote, wrote her name, his name, their dog's name, and then a few of my family members, siblings' names. I gave it to him, and then he, um, the aide <laughs> said later, he was like, no way. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. We do Sorry. hear, you know, interesting stories about Braille. Yeah, I can't couldn't believe when I heard he didn't even know that word. I did. I thought people, kids, even learn it in in elementary school. They kind of learn what it is, and but well, maybe not course, him. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, later on, I found out that she was an immigrant, and in her country, Braille was not popular, and she oh. was just. That was the reason, you know, because here at least in the United States, uh, everybody's informed about what Braille is. Right. You know, even back in India too, uh, students used to have a lesson in your in their sixth and fifth grade uh, about Louis Braille. 
said right. they would learn, you know, at least that's what Louis Braille did and how Braille is used by blind yeah. people. Yeah, that's why Braille I'm kind is. of puzzled. Yeah. <laughs> well, life is a puzzle anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Any, any other hand raised? Uh, no, we don't have any uh, other hand raised. So let's see. We have some new people here, I believe. I saw one named Tony. Tony, can you hear me? Tony, can you unmute yourself? I can hear you, yes. Oh, great. Are you here first time? No, this is my third time. I'm just listening third. in. All right, terrific. How about you? Do you have any question for our guest speaker or any question about Braille? Uh, no, I learned Braille when I was going to school um, mm -hmm. a while back. So I know I, I know some of my Braille, yes. I oh, you know Braille. Okay. Yes, I know Anyhow, Braille. But are you using Braille? Um, I am a little bit, not much, you know, but I am I'm, I am a little bit. I'm just going to have okay. to um, just start catching up on my numbers. That's all. Uh-oh, um, okay. Yeah. Probably but, um, after joining us, you may you may start using Braille more and more. Yes, 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 okay. I will. Uh -huh. And how did you hear about us? I love Braille. Um, through the community. Through the community. All right. So community is a great resource for us. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Uh, I also see, welcome. I also see Harold. Harold. Can you talk to us? Um, You're not able you to. Um, I don't see a Harold. You don't see him? No. Okay. So he left then. All right. Anybody else? Feel free to ask. We got a few minutes and we can use this time. No question is done. So feel free to ask. How about Estelle? Yes, she has Andres. Thank you. Uh, I have a comment to make uh, when you were talking yeah. about the uses of Braille. Yeah. I, I, I have known Braille for probably 15 years or so. But as mm -hmm. I've aged, I've developed a lot of neuropathy in my hands, so I'm extremely slow. But I use Braille every day for so many things besides I don't even use a microwave, so <laughs> I don't use it for that. But I have card files. I have card files for names and addresses of people and their phone numbers and their emails. I have a card file that has all my uh, uh, food that I buy when I go shopping. I have a lady that takes me shopping and I have a card file and I go through that every week to pick out the things I need to buy at the store. That's all in Braille. I have a Braille uh, card file with information about the books that I have read and, and that I want to read. I write Braille letters to people, even people who don't know Braille, but I do that in grade one Braille, the uncontracted Braille, and I send them an alphabet card so they can read it. And like I say, I use Braille all day long, and I have an e-reader, and I'm not fast with that, but it's easier to read than the hard copy Braille with the neuropathy, and I really enjoy that, So I'm, and that's all in Braille. So I'm using Braille constantly. I, I got a book on the abacus. I have a wonderful abacus that my husband had built for me, and I've been learning how to use it. And I had a book that taught how to use it, and I made notes in Braille. And when I'm working on the abacus, I go to my Braille notes. I write myself notes all the time to remember to do things. 
I have, <laughs> I write notes in Braille for appointments and different programs that I attend. That's a big one because many of the virtual programs, you need to have ID numbers and passwords. And I have cards, a card file with all those different programs and all that information. So that's in Braille. So like I say, I'm extremely slow, but goodness, I use it all day long and I'm very grateful for it. And just wanted to let you know there are many, many ways to use Braille and that it helps you in your life. Thank you very much. Correct. Thank you, Estelle. And that's a good lesson for Maria and many others. There are a few more here who are beginner learners and they can now realize how many different uses are there for Braille. And think of that. If you would use Braille for such things, you know, like as Estelle uh, listed down, think of the independence you will experience. As I said earlier, Braille is your independence. So, and who doesn't like to be independent? Therefore, Braille is a necessity. Okay, how much time left, Abraham? We have five minutes to the hour and one raised hand. Oh, two hands now. Uh, one, two, now, okay. Let's okay. go quick. Yes. Terry Nettles. Yes, Nettles. <laughs> what happened, Terry? Uh, okay. We'll wait for her and go to next. And next up is Beth again. Okay. Beth? Can you hear me so, now? Oh, yes, yes Terry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't realize oh, shoot. My, my headset um, had a thing. For Just real quick, for Estelle, on um, Tuesday afternoons at 2 o'clock, um, Lucy teaches uh, an abacus class. And if you if you are on the community calls, you may want to join that sometime. And, and, and it's fun because they do all kinds of calculations and um, and everything. So just wanted to let you know that. And again, thank you, Warren. Great. Okay. So, I have attended that abacus class several times, but the thing is I'm using a different type of abacus and it, it became a little confusing. I think the class is great and I have attended it and I, I thank you for mentioning that, but I use the other kind of abacus that has more beads on it. And it's a little bit different, but it usually goes through the same process. And it's, uh, uh, I really enjoy that. Thank you. Good, good. Yes, Beth? Okay. First, uh, my question to Warren. So you have Braille mm -hmm. on all of your doors then? Like, so like staff, blind, well, even blind or sighted um, staff can, you know, get around. Like, do you have all blind uh colleagues or no we have three blind people that work here at krill myself and two others uh we do have braille throughout the agency though uh, we have braille on the, on the microwave and the coffee maker and other places we have you know we, we've we put braille places we've also put dots on on things some people in our one of the Persons in our uh, agency use dot uses dots, so you know mm -hmm. we have we have a lot of different ways of making it work here at Krell. Oh, cool! Yeah, yes, that's a user-friendly workplace for blind and visually impaired people. That's oh, good. Okay, so I think it's time to wrap up. Unless somebody has any more question, real quick. We I, have no questions. Oh, oh I was going to yeah. ask Estelle, do you have the old uh, kind of abacus where I learned in the 80s where you have one row beads at the top and then your next row is your ones, tens, um, hundreds? Yeah, is the that one I have two beads on the top, so it's two two of the the five beads and it has five of the unit beads on the bottom so the one they're using is different it has just one five bead at the top and it has four at the bottom so it's a little bit different but the, you actually use the same process okay all right friends 
before we get stopped with the streaming uh i'm going to wrap up now uh, so thank you everybody for joining participating and attending today's session i welcome all our new participants by the way again next thursday we do not have ilo braille session so i'll see you all after two weeks so until then enjoy your time have a nice time during the weeks and weekends and see you again on november the 30th with our braille fun